Somewhere far from civilization, in the deepest, densest jungle, a lone paleontologist bushwhacks through the undergrowth. He's searching for the bones of long-dead animals. But this isn't the jungle, and David Hausler isn't a paleontologist. Paleontologists study evolution by digging up fossils and working out how the animals changed their morphology, their shapes through the ages. We take the DNA of living animals and work backwards to what the DNA must have looked like 10, 40, 100 million years ago. Hosler is a professor of biomolecular engineering at the University of California, Santa Cruz. He specializes in understanding the DNA of extinct creatures, but you won't catch him with a shovel in his hands. We actually look at the DNA of living species, and we use the computer to take that DNA and trace it back to find out how it looked in the past and how it changed over millions of years to create the different species that we see today. It may be a letdown for Jurassic Park enthusiasts, but real dinosaur DNA is simply too fragile to survive the 200 million years since the Jurassic period. If you want to find the DNA of extinct beasts, Hausler's revolutionary new process called computational genomics may be your only bet. It would be great if we could recreate the DNA as it was from the ancient species by digging up old fossils and extracting the DNA. Unfortunately, it's very difficult to get DNA that's older than about 100,000 years. It decays to the point where you can't determine the letters of the DNA. 100,000 years is an eye blink. We're talking about 100 million years for the uh, evolution of, of mammals. Although his process is quite complex, David Hosler's aim is simple. So we don't actually find the animals themselves, or their remnants, the bones, but we can reconstruct with the computer analysis what their genomes look like. And a genome is what determines the animal's shape and size and behavior. The genome is the total amount of DNA in one cell. You can think about it as uh, all of the information it takes to make a complete animal, from starting from a single fertilized egg cell. It's actually an enormous amount of information, about three billion letters, A's, C's, T's, and G's, are needed to describe all of the information in the genome. Each one stands for a chemical base, and they're all arranged in this long, famous double helix that you see. Thanks to the Human Genome Project, an exact, detailed map of the human double helix was completed in 2003. The genomes for other mammals, like mice, dogs, and chimps, followed. Comparing the genomes of various mammals to the human genome has yielded some surprising results. We uh, discovered that there were much longer stretches of 100% matches than anybody believed could exist. Uh, we call these the ultra-conserved elements of the human genome. Mutations happen all the time, all over the genome. But in the important regions, most of the changes are detrimental. They reduce fitness. They're changes to important and critical functional elements, and it's hard to randomly find a change that will improve the element. So whenever we see an element that's unchanged for hundreds of millions of years, we know that nature has tried to change that and failed. That means that element is really important. 
It turns out that all mammals share 40% of our genome. That means we can be sure we all inherited the unchanged portion from the original mammal. From a single shrew-like nocturnal creature that lived about 100 million years ago, you have species descendant that are as different as a blue whale is to a mouse, is to a human. The evolution of placental mammals is an extraordinary opportunity to understand evolution in action. What in the genome allows this enormous diversity of body plan that we see in different mammals? Think about dogs. The different breeds of dogs exhibit an enormous diversity of size, behavior, and all of these are caused by changes that happen in the genome relatively quickly. What makes mammal genomes so malleable? One way for Hausler to study the flexibility of the mammalian genomes is to run evolution in reverse, looking for what genes changed and when. Using a complex set of computational simulations, he's even managed to backfigure the genome of our common ancestor to an accuracy of 98%. But he's also learned some interesting things about modern humans. So the algorithm we call reverse evolution is uh, a computer method for turning the clock back, as it were. The computer actually compares all three billion bases of the human DNA to all three billion bases of the mouse DNA to all three billion bases of the dog DNA, et cetera. It's an enormous amount of computational effort. We have a very large cluster with more uh, than a thousand central processing units all churning away doing these comparisons. We scanned the genomes of animals looking for regions that hadn't changed for hundreds of millions of years and then suddenly changed a lot in the human genome. Suddenly we found one. The most dramatically changed elements may be involved in the evolution of the human brain. We call the element human accelerated region one. This human-accelerated Region 1 gene, nicknamed HAR1, now lies at the core of the team's ongoing research. Now, our common ancestor with the chimpanzee had a brain about the size of the chimpanzee. So the difference came in the human lineage. Sometime in the last three million years, something changed in the DNA that caused the human brain to be much larger than its ancestral form. In the hunt for our common mammalian ancestor, Hausler may have touched on the essential thing that makes us human, one of the genes responsible for our huge brains. We take those elements of DNA and we take them into the wet lab and we try to figure out what they do. Right now, we also have the capability to synthesize DNA and try it out in cells. You can actually change a whole gene and then look at how the mouse develops differently. We can even reconstruct the ancestral version of this gene as it existed 50 or 100 million years ago, and then see how the mouse behaves with the old version of the gene versus the new mouse or human version of the gene. It's pretty obvious that David Hausler isn't from the old school of paleontology. But in the search for the true nature of ancient animals, DNA is rapidly becoming the new dig site, and computers are the shovels. Bringing back the dinosaurs is still well out of reach. Neither the genomes nor the genetic science are ready for it. 
But in the end, Hausler's work may not only give us a clearer picture of our common mammalian ancestor, it might just offer us a better understanding of ourselves. My passion, what drives me to look at this, is to understand how humans became human, how a whale became a whale, how a leopard became a leopard. These are the stories of evolution. The changes in the DNA will ultimately be the story that we understand of how the different animals that roam this planet so successfully today came to be the way they are.